All right, special edition of Kirk it Off. We don't have any news to go with it. We it, This is Sunday. We just recorded with Jay Thursday. We have no new shit to talk about, but we couldn't get Poodle Dick on unless we got Visionless Dave on. Visionless Dave, what's going on? How are we doing, fellas? Doing good. Thank you for coming on. I should quickly just say uh, hats off to my guy, Poodle Dick. You don't see loyalty <laughs> like that every day in 2021. Yeah, uh, he's a proud member of my coaching tree. I'm of course of the link coaching tree, but we have strong bonds, and I can't wait to get when, wait until you guys get him on here because uh, people don't know much about Poodle Dick. So hopefully you guys can peel back the layers and you know talk talk to the man behind Poodle Dick. He's, I, just the name, just the name. What like NFL insider Poodle Dick? Yeah, I was gonna say up. the hottest NFL insider in the league right now. What loyalty though? Like you said, I just you don't see that shit doesn't grow in trees, dude. Like you got it. <laughs> It's crazy. So, Dave, first question. Everybody knows is coming. Uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers, 12th place. What place would they be if Raul <laughs> Jimenez didn't break his face? Oh, top seven again, hanging right around seventh where we were last year. I mean, that injury was pretty tragic. I, I was watching it live, of course, and oh, so nice. I don't know. The season hasn't been the same since. It's been a little depressing. Uh, you know, we had a big win versus Fulham our last game, kind of last minute. But it's been—it's not the same as watching. Uh, I, I got so depressed at one point where I was even saying to my brother, like, I wish we would just get relegated and go back to the championship so we could just <laughs> dominate. You know, because it's hard when your team's like we have such a high trajectory the last two or three years, and then we've had that first kind of plateau. So it's been very difficult. But I'm staying faithful. I'm staying loyal. I what? go ahead, BMD. No, I was just. Uh... So where did Rahul Jimenez? Where was the team you got him from? I can't remember. Uh, we got him from what Porto or Benfica? I know it's one of the Portuguese. No, ben- yeah, Benfica, right? And, and it's funny oh, because it's down upon the Portuguese right now. It sounds like. <laughs> well, what the Portuguese? Uh, we got like him from farming. one of the Portuguese. <laughs> no, no. I mean, look, I'm a Wolves yeah, fan. Farm. So since since we hired Nuno and we have Jorge Mendes, like I. I feel like akin to the Portuguese people. They're like my new, uh, my new cousins, my newfound <laughs> brothers. So I, I'm much more aware of Portuguese people than I was ever before. And I don't know, the Portuguese team is hot right now. That league is like every big signing that you hear about, they're coming out of the Portuguese league. So, you know, it's been tough seeing Jata do well. But I, 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 I always love him. But at that price, we had to take him. I'm, I'm sure people love this soccer talk, by the way. I, I hate him. Now, last, <laughs> last point. Um... I I was thinking though, like one good thing that could have come out of this for Wolves is maybe now like people pass on like um, Ruben Neves. You know what I mean? Like like they kind of had a down year. They're not like he's not so hot. Like without like Raw like kind of like making things easier for them. Like I think they like they can get like they could have got a hundred million for him last year. But now I feel like he might just be a Wolves player. Yeah, I think he's gonna stay Wolves. Uh... I had a similar feelings about Adama. Like, you know, those rumors started floating around, like, where's he going to go? Mm-hmm. But I think hopefully he'll stick around now. And um, I don't know. It, next year, I think once. Scoring goals, though. I mean, yeah, he's got to start week, scoring but, goals. Yeah. He's, he's got to start scoring. Our whole team was like, the backbone of our team was Raul just scoring clutch goals. And as soon as we took that away, you know, we bought Fabio Silva, who I was, I start dipping into the Portuguese press. And they're like, oh, this kid's the next Ronaldo and everything. So I'm all hyped up. And it's unfair to put him in that position. But he's starting to yeah. play well recently. You know, he's still just a kid. So he's still developing. But the last few weeks, he's played really well. So... I'm happy. I, I, as far as tomato goes, I don't know. You guys got some explaining to do to me. That well, was not yeah, a good buy. He shouldn't have. He shouldn't have left. I have a follow-up question. So, you, are you following championship soccer at all? 
uh when i was you know i'm when the wolves were in it obviously uh, you know playing so, twice a week i was watching it way closer but i still right. i'm still a little bit aware but i'm not watching it like i used to so so all right so are you so are you aware of daryl dk that came over from orlando and all that of course yeah I, one of my best friends on? is he's he's super into usmnt so you yeah. know i'm half british my dad is british so i grew up always supporting england and kind of clowning on usa but yeah. i'm a little bit more fair these days because you look at that team and the guys that you know they got guys playing well in germany they got guys playing well in every league in the premier league in spain so it's kind of cool i think i even said to my friend i think they'll win a world cup before england does you know next I so i think so i think they got high hopes knock on wood all right enough soccer questions andrew I mean, yeah, if you want me to really start this start this one off here, no, let's, no, let's, no, let's let's start no, off with my my favorite one. After that, so uh, so visionless. What got you into the Kirk Minahan show and Kirk himself? Um, definitely Barstool. I, I grew up in Connecticut. Like uh, I was born in 1992. However old that makes me, but so I was like right of the age and middle school when like Barstool started kind of getting big and you know, Northeast area, you know, kind of bro culture. And um, so I've been reading it since ever since I can remember and kind of like watching it grow has been a little bit crazy. And then so I before Kirk signed there, I was a little bit aware of who he was just because he would pop into the barstool world every now and then. And then um, like right around the time uh, Kirk signed to barstool, like actually the exact day he did, I like went you know, on a little uh, mental health vacation for three months to Texas with like no phone, no internet, nothing. Came back to California after that and like had three months of shows to kind of catch up on. And I had seen like, you know, just catching up on it. Like what is going on with these crazy people? And I've always been uh, like an internet community person, even since like middle school, back in the forum days, I've always been trolling. I've always been on the internet. Yeah, the Raiders I, like, community my loves you. <laughs> yeah, I taught myself Photoshop in middle school just so I could like make memes to make fun of people and like put my friends faces on things. So like I've always had a presence in online communities that I find really fun and just kind of the back and forth and ball busting. So uh, naturally finding the Minifan world has been uh, a great landing spot for me. I think I've been enjoying it. Um, so you, you talked about your brother. Does he listen to KMS at all or no? No, I got three brothers. None of them listen. Uh, okay. I live with my younger brother, and he makes fun of me. He, you know, he's like, "Oh, you and like uh, Kook Minahan, you know, all you, all you crazy <laughs> bastards." And he'll like, he follows me and like uh, on Twitter, so he'll be like, "What are these arguments that you're in on Twitter right now? Like, what is happening?" Like, and so it, it's kind of fun seeing him get confused about it. But uh, yeah, no, he he doesn't listen or he's not tuned in or anything. When did you get involved uh, with? The what, what did you get involved with first on the YouTube channel? Mike and the Minifans, is that right? Or uh, or is it the Rundown? That's a good question. I'm not even exactly sure. Probably the Rundown. Uh, I know just the other day this week I got my uh, one year Twitter anniversary with uh, with my Visionless Dave account. <laughs> so I know it was, it was right around a year ago, and I think right around actually on my birthday. In July was I think the first uh, rundown I went on, which was Ziggy's first rundown. I think Red had just reached out to both of us, and then, you know, as Ziggy says, the rest is history. What happened with that? Why did it, why is the rundown dead? I know we've asked like a hundred people, but why is the rundown dead for Visionless Dave? Oh man, I don't know. I'm very dramatic. Uh, I I probably was acting a little dramatic, but um, 
you i'm sure you guys have faced it a little bit you've been doing a show for a while now like uh sometimes week in and week out it gets tough and then mm -hmm. i don't know i started working a lot more and i was just probably uh being a little dramatic and mm. had some there was a there was a little tension you know i still talk to ziggy ziggy's a good guy i have no ill feelings towards the red but um there was a little bit of tension and then i probably just uh went a little bit crazy for a minute there were were you doing all like the editing and that kind of stuff because i know that that's something that you would say like I don't, oh absolutely like, when you were trolling them like you were like oh i don't want to do this fucking makeup show and then have to fucking edit it or something oh yeah i mean it it's a lot of work and I, at the time i was enjoying doing it you know like listening to every show twice writing notes pulling clips uh editing the show making graphics for the show and i think i did it you know red and ziggy they both took vacations during it but i when i started i think i did it like uh, for a few straight months and um at one at some point i was just like man i'm putting all this time into it and it's not as fun as much fun as i was having so you know why am i putting this much time into it kind of things but you know i hand up i was probably a little bit dramatic do you think uh you'd ever go back and do something on your own maybe or reincarnate that rundown possibly i i've thought about it you know i i have fun just bullshitting and talking about the world with people like you know kind of similar to what you guys do it's just fun to talk about it and uh interact with some of the weird personalities but i mean to be honest you guys have been filling that void for me with some great interviews the jason from attleboro interview was great the jay's interview yeah, was you know. great i mean <laughs> Everything, you know, you guys have been doing it a little bit different. There used to be a ton, like when I was doing it, there was a ton of roundtable shows. So it was very saturated, but there doesn't seem to be as many right now. And, you know, I'm, I'm not the biggest Justin fan, so I can't watch that wrap-up <gasps> show. It just drives me crazy. So I get my uh, my Minifan World content from you guys. Thank you. So why, what, why does Justin drive you crazy? I'm happy for Justin that he's uh, <laughs> doing well and that Kirk likes him. I really am. But I just still think of him as like the sad, depressed, like butt of every joke loser. And now seeing him with this like confidence of like, oh, I'm this Internet bad boy. It, it just personally makes me a little un uh, like like I still remember you two months ago, buddy, like slow your roll. But I, I, I'm happy for him. It's just the petty part of me, probably. <laughs> Yeah, I, I... At least you can admit it. <laughs> the, yeah, totally. With the pettiness. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean, though, because sometimes you see it and you're like, you, Justin's, like, like going after people and, like, like exactly, you were the butt of the joke, like, two months ago. But, like, I think this is at yeah. least, like, like, he had to do that in order to gain anything from Kirk. Like, he was going to be a... If he was going to continue to be a pushover, Kirk was going to continue to fucking hate him. You know what I mean? If he was going right. to continue to be so soft. Right. But, it's actually a nice story Right, I mean, I... See, I too, like, yeah, it is, and I did... On it. I, I didn't necessarily even enjoy watching him just get shit on and, like, Kirk calling him and being like, why do I still deal with you? Like, that wasn't fun either. So it's not like I miss watching that. It's just, like, uh, it's been a meteoric rise for Justin. I'm, I'm happy mm -hmm. he's doing well. VD, are you doing And he seems like a good guy, you know. He, he helps Mike a lot. Like, he seems like a solid guy. So um, just the petty part of me probably is, like, ugh. So are, are you doing any sh any shows, like, in the Minifan world besides for just, like, being – like one of the 100 guys who goes on John from Scranton shows? Uh, no, no, I have nothing, nothing stable right now. You know, I, I've been a lot more in the um, voice chat in the Discord, which kind of scratches that itch for me, just talking to people and, and giving them shit. But, I, I, you know, at some point down the line, I'd like to do a show. I've had some ideas for, like, a music show and stuff. I just never end up following through on it. 
I, I love when you pop in on John's shows because whatever, whatever you're clowning or whoever you're clowning on, whatever the fuck you're saying, is just always, like, it's just always such a great point. I don't sound like a fucking fanboy, but still. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. I think I, I've been starving for some Menners content, so I want Menners to get back out there. Maybe me and Menners will do a show one day. Those it. were like yeah. the, yeah, as far as Minifan, like YouTube stuff goes, like the Mentors Live era was like the, the most fun yes. I've ever had doing that oh, stuff. Man. So well, much I fun. It. I miss it. Yeah. I miss, I miss being able to call in. <laughs> that show would be so great because he would be just trying to talk about like <laughs> serious KMS points and he'd be like, so let's go to the callers and see what they have to say. And then it would just be someone like completely trolling him, just clowning him and he'd be trying to like have this good show with good talking points and just no one would cooperate and everyone would just call in but it was that was, those were great days bmd we should use show. those we should use those for the next uh, prank call episode uh i don't know oh, you definitely I, should yeah i have no idea who participated in that so we'd have to find out I missed so, that show. It was a good show. So, VD, kind of talk to us. Like, what, what, what's the story behind the Visionless Dave parody account? Wait, where did this come from? Uh, you know, that's a good question. It, it was, I think I made my account when, when I made it. It was right around the time of, like, uh, peak tension between Dave Portnoy and Blind Mike. And so I kind of think I just tried to uh, mix the two together. Like, what would annoy Dave is, like, being compared to Blind Mike. So I, it was just, like, Blind Dave, basically. But Blind Dave didn't sound as good as Visionless Dave. <laughs> That's as far as I can explain it. I, don't, I think I had another one first, um, which was making fun of Mike. But uh, it didn't. It, it just didn't feel right. It was a little bit too mean. So I went with the – because I am a gearhead now. I, I enjoy what Blind Mike's been doing. I only listen to his stuff where he talks about comedy because that's what I enjoy. But, um, yeah, I'm happy for Mike, too. And, and I, yeah, I think it was just a mashup of uh, what would make Dave mad as being compared to Blind Mike. It's such a great picture of Dave, too, with that fucking herpes. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. Every time you troll those Raiders fans, they're like, oh, nice fucking herpes, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite part is when I'm trolling people, they think it's actually me, and they'll screenshot it and, like, zoom in and be like, oh, nice herpes, bro. And Yeah, that's my favorite. <laughs> That's yeah. definitely my favorite. <laughs> definitely. What do you so, think of? Uh, I was gonna uh, say you, you. You said you were you're a gearhead. What do you think of Blind Mike one day a week? You like like this new schedule with Mike? More Mike? Less Mike? Mike one day a week is the best thing that ever happened to him. And and the irony that he like left and made a bunch of money off of Penn stock when like he wanted <laughs> to get away from Barstool. It's just like a beautiful irony. So, uh, I I wish Mike was on more. I think. You do run that dangerous line of like, if he's on more, would he be as good? And I think he would right now. Uh, but one day a week is great. Carabas, however, I'm I'm done with him. I'm over him. Why? He kind of had the. He, so every time we get someone new on the show, they have this era of it's like the shiny new toy. He's great. He's interesting. But he just seems. And I used to listen to him a lot on Barstool Radio, and he used to tell like. He used to let them peel back the layers of him, and I don't know if he doesn't do it as much with Kirk because he's already done it with Clancy and stuff, but, like, he used to tell ridiculous stories about how, like, he's dated six or seven girls that have then gone on to become lesbians and just, like, weird <laughs> stories like that. And I feel like, I don't feel like he's holding back on Kirk's show, but I feel like uh, he just doesn't 
open up as much with that stuff and really um i mean the contract I, stuff yeah. how we felt about the contract this week no that was good look. that was I know, good you i can totally see jared so, protecting his personal life you know especially after that other girl was like oh you definitely like everybody knows no see or whatever. see i don't even think he's <laughs> holding back i think he's just he did radio for so long that he's felt he maybe he feels like he's told a lot of these stories and that like he doesn't want to repeat himself or he's too dumb to like remember what he said or perhaps <laughs> he was lying who knows but um, I don't think he's holding back intentionally. I think he just, it, it's just not the same. And he's not like, so the reasons people hate Steve are why I love him. Like, uh, and early on in the show when Kirk was just like peeling back the layers of Steve and getting these bizarre stories about him that led to so many great show moments like Robinson Rules and just like um, Bicentennial Man and just so many things where it's just like inside he's just like a weird dude. I know that same person is in Jared, but I feel like he's just a little more buttoned up on Kirk's show for whatever reason. How do you feel about the, obviously we only got one of them, but how do you feel about the Ryan Whitney episode and how do you, what do you think about him coming in, uh, going down the road? Oh, I love it. I mean, uh, it's the people who hate golf talk. It's their worst nightmare, but I love it. <laughs> I, I listen to Spit and Chicklets, not every episode, but um, kind of on and off with Spit and Chicklets. Whitney's like for... For OG Barstool people, like he, he was like the first like famous celebrity athlete kind of person to ever endorse Barstool. Like he was doing stuff with them when they had like you know only a few people working there. So like him I and definitely Greg love Olson him. They always refer to right like yeah, him and Greg Olson, third leg Greg. Shout out to third leg Greg, Miami Hurricane, um, <laughs> seventh floor crew. Oh shit, I forgot about but... the Hurricanes. We have so much to talk about. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I'm a big Hurricane fan. Um, but yeah, I love having Whitney on, and uh, I loved having them in trivia too. But how, what do you guys think about Carabas saying that Whitney shouldn't be allowed to make fun of him because he's a millionaire and has his career set? <laughs> I, uh, I I agree like, with I, your take that it's super soft, dude. Like, come on, like. So just for a second, like, because Carabas has people have been drawing the parallel. He slipped a little bit into the mic role. Let's imagine if, like, six months ago, Mike was like, oh, like, it's fucked up that Portnoy's making fun of me because he has all this money and, like, yeah, I'm trying dude. to figure out my... Like, yeah, Jared gets a much right, longer right. leash than Mike yeah. ever did. That's a good point. I think I think people are like, oh, Jared's cool, though. You know what I mean? Like, and, like, that's why they're like, oh, I won't, like, shit on him, you know? Yeah, he, he gets a much, much longer leash than Mike did, and he takes maybe, like, one maybe 10 percent of the shit that mike took and he's already starting to crack a little bit which worries me oh i think i, I don't know i think he's all right i think he, him being able to talk through his his it was like a, a, a session he had with a psychiatrist and he's there with kirk like i think if he's able to talk through it with kirk i think it makes for some really good content and i think it'll help with his his psychotic break if I, it does happen i will say though that like i I maybe am getting a little sick of like Jared on the show, but the first fifteen or twenty minutes Friday was so fucking good. Like I, oh, like, it was I, so good. I, like, I was yeah. like, holy, like this is what we need, dude. Like obviously you can't, like you can't get that like emotion all the time. Mm -hmm. Like that's just him really being fucking pissed off. But like it was, he was so fucking good. So what do you guys think yeah. about them? Oh, go, you can go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. No, but what do you think about them do actually doing a live contract negotiation? episode I, you, you took the words I, I out of it. my mouth you I took the words it. out of my mouth i like that episode left me just wanting like jared on the port next week or some iteration of that just like because that's 
you know, that's always what set Barstool apart is like they have the conversation and Kirk too. They have the conversations on air that normally people wouldn't and they do it from like a rational person's standpoint. So, I mean, I would be fascinated to watch that. I, I don't know if Dave will go back to New York in May, but like they will have the three of them in New York in May. Like Kirk, Jared and Erica, they could definitely sit down and tape something, you know? Yeah. And, like, we got a little taste of that, like, when Dave, I don't know if you guys listened, when Dave was going through all the stuff with YP, like, mm-hmm. about the bar, like, you got a little bit inside of his brain of, like, oh, this is how I quantify you, this is what you've done, this is what we've done for you. And, like, it would be interesting to hear him do that about Carabas, but I don't know if he would. It takes a lot to get Dave that kind of, like, worked yeah, up Dave, and, and focused on something. Yeah, and, well, Dave Dave said he wanted to resign him when Kirk was on the show. Um Oh, yeah, I mean, Carabas is exactly opposite about YP at the time, you know? Yeah, I mean, Carabas isn't going anywhere. Like, him and Dave have a a special kind of, like, you know, the father-son relationship. He's not going to go anywhere, so this is all just, like, fun to watch it play out because we all know he'll be back. It's like, how many dads does Jared Carabas have? (laughs) He's got Kirk, he's got Dave. He's got his new dad now. He's got that crazy guy in his apartment complex trying to jump out the first floor window. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So be, before before we started recording, we asked you if you had listened to our last latest episode. You were gonna say something, but we said we would save it for the show. So we had we had yeah, Jay, so, Jay's mayhem on there. So what's going on with that? So I'm I'm thrilled that you had Jay on because he's a very hard person to understand, both physically and literally. Um, <laughs> I wanna I've talked to him for maybe like I'm so many hours hair, in voice chat. I don't know how you guys got him to speak English. I mean, I've talked to him for so many hours in voice chat where he's just saying things that don't make sense. And he's just like, dude, like, what are you doing? You know, and you guys actually had him put on like a little radio voice. And he was, you know, he had his arguments. So I I was proud of Jay. Um, I know he's a hard negotiator. He made you go on his show first, um, which is just, you know, that's that's perfect. Jay, he's just such an oddball. But he is kind of to me. Uh, and like people can get mad at him because he's been, you know, defending Dale or whatever. But that dude is like the biggest Minna fan of all time. He has all the merch. He's got the flag on his wall. He listens to everything. You know, he gets upset a little bit, but it's because he cares so much. And I think um, even I had the same thing when Kevin from Bristol kind of got uh, his pee pee whacked for um, talking about the Hall of Fame or whatever. It's like part of me gets a little upset when. Kirk gets mad at people for being this passionate when, like, this is a world he created. Like, Kevin doesn't have a bad bone in his body. Like, he's just in it for laughs. He's trying to be a good guy. He's just funny. And so when you're like, oh, like, why do you care about this Hall of Fame thing? It's like, because, you know, this is the compelling world you've created and people love it and they love to be a part of it. So, you know, you can't you, you can't criticize a guy for just going all in and loving it, you know. And, and Jay gets that a little bit. Like, why does he choose to defend Dale so much? I don't know. But he he's very territorial about the Kirk Minahan world, too. Like, I think... Uh, he thinks if you're going to talk about it, like, you better know everything. Because this guy's in the weeds on everything. He's in everyone's DMs. He knows all the subtle, like, beefs. And uh, he's just a fascinating character. Yeah. <laughs> he, he somehow got my brother's phone number. Because one time in voice chat. So one time we were in voice chat, right? And I'm, I'm uh, at the pet store. And at the pet store where I buy my dog food, 
my brother's phone number is on the account there where it like tracks your loyalty or whatever. So we're just having a conversation, not even talking about anything. This is a couple months ago. I just tell the cashier my brother's uh, phone number. And then like three <laughs> months later, I'm at work and my brother is texting me. He's like, who the fuck is this number calling me? Like, what is this? And I'm like, I reach out to people and I'm like, someone's calling my brother. I don't know what's going on. And then Jay's like, Oh yeah, that's me. Like I wrote down that number a few months ago when uh, when we were in voice chat. Like I was just trying to call you, and I was like, Jay, you could have just, like, just asked me my number. But it's like it's it's nothing malicious. He's just such a weirdo and like so tuned in on every um, small detail that he's just uh, he's in the weeds. You you said you only listen to thirty minutes. Why is that? Ooh. Right now I'm a, I'm. <sighs> I've blocked Jay on one of his accounts on Twitter. Just we're going through it a little bit. We'll come out the other side, but I'm just disappointed in him because he's afraid to be great. You know, like he could be so interesting and he he's always talking about how he's going to do all this stuff and you know, he's going to go around all these spots that the case mentions and take videos. And he he doesn't follow through on any of it. And I know if he did follow through, people would love it, but he's just afraid to be great. He's afraid of the spotlight. He's an idea. Even guy, get is what you're even saying. getting him on your show. Like I was like, I so I reached out to you guys. I was like, you guys gotta have Jay on because right, right. for whatever reason, he's the only person I see bad mouth in this show. And it makes no sense, you know. It makes no sense. So I'm trying to figure out from him what his issue is, and he's trying to explain it. I'm not really understanding it. And then you know, like he's like, oh, you gotta come on my show first. I'm like, Jay, you don't even have a show. What are you talking about? So you know, I'm I'm always frustrated with Jay, but I always love him. Have you ever just like with all this drama in the minifan world at times? You ever just say like, "What what the fuck am I doing?" Oh yeah, like several times. Like I remember when I got into, I mean, several times a week probably. I've been a little bit better recently just because I've been more busy. But early pandemic, uh, like even when I, I think I, the genesis of just challenging people to one on ones. You know, minifan Kim finally accepted, and I stayed up like. For like eight hours the night before making an intro i like didn't eat the day before just because oh, i'm like man. going over clips and talking but i get very like obsessed with stuff like that so there's definitely a lot of times where i'm like what am i doing right now but i love every second of it so um i want to go into parody calls i have i have this theory oh that's right uh shoot and now I'm drawing a fucking blank. Okay. Uh, so Thank yeah. You. So BMD, do you want me to do you want me to just propose a theory, BMD? Yeah, please. Because BMD I wants to know games. if you are Nick and Trump. KB. Yeah. yeah no. 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 Uh, I've got certain a of times. it. He's certain of it. I, I know. <laughs> I, my own, I have people that I talk to every day who still don't believe me when I tell them no. Uh, I'm not KB. I'm not Nick. Uh, hmm. a lot of people early on thought I would, I would fully admit to you if I was, I, especially cause I know the callers, they have like this secret mafia together where they're all like, you know, the callers versus everybody else, which I respect. No. <laughs> yeah, no. And I know Ziggy's in that mafia. Um, but I respect the callers, you know, they, they, it's basically a, you know, a contribution to the show. It's not easy. I get the same thing. The few times I do call in as myself, my heart. It's going through my chest. Yeah. Um, the, the last time you called in, Kirk identified you almost immediately. Were you surprised? No, n not anymore. You know, originally when he started would do that, but he's so good at it now. And, you know, uh, people forget he listens to, especially back when the YouTube was really going, like he listens to every second of everything and he hears everything, which is it's funny because I know I would do it too. If people are talking about mm -hmm. me, I, I need to hear it just so I can 
you know, come after anyone. That, and people get mad when they're like, oh, Kirk is overreacting because we said something about him on YouTube. And to me, it's like everybody has the right to defend themselves. You know, that was kind of the whole thing with Mayo where it's like, if you're going to be trashing them online all the time, like, why are they not allowed to punch back? You know, you could say, oh, they're punching down, but stand by your words. And, you know, so I respect that part of Kirk. Um, and I, the voice thing doesn't surprise me anymore. He, the ones that do surprise me is when he can tell it's Kevin, even when Kevin's doing a character. Like I can never, sometimes if it just by the absurdity of the character, I can be like, this is probably Kevin, but he can tell no matter any accent, no matter what. He's awesome. Do you have a favorite caller? Um, so, you know, all the greats, obviously BMD in his prime when he was, when he was bobbing and weaving <laughs> with like the fake in the first voice and coming in as BMD was, was classic. There's a lot of great callers, but my favorite part about calls is like, for example, like intern Nustins where it's like the calls that are so bizarre and then they just go down this wormhole or I know Jason from Attleboro mentioned it, but like the ice cream gall when Kirk is just like shouting at this guy or even this past week, we had the one where he's like making the grant, like the 65 year old man, like take his dick out and jerk off. Like, I love the tangent, tangent calls, but um, I'm very pro calls. I'm not a movie guy. I don't even mind listening to people talk about movies. I hate golf. I'll listen to golf calls just because they could, at any moment they could go any direction. Oh, I thought BMD had follow up. Oh no, I'm just <laughs> I'm happy that he at least mentioned me as a parody caller he used to like. Of course, well just of course, and that that was that was one of those patented Kirkinoff silences that I love so much about. This oh show. yeah, silences. I just wait. I'm like I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, we can we can edit it. No, um, no, it's fine. What 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 do you want to see the show going now? I mean, it's three days a week. What do, what do you expect from the show going forward? Um, I'm excited for this thing they got going tonight, which is like uh, some kind of live stream on the YouTube right. talking about the case. I think that'll be cool because for us lunatics, like all the behind, I'm just as interested in the behind the scenes stuff as uh, the podcast itself. Like in my head, I just envision like um, like a hard knock style uh, production of like filming Kirk and Steve in the studio and like them editing all this stuff out. I, I hope they're getting some of that content because it would be really interesting. And yeah. I think uh, all of this eventually goes in a book someday by Kirk, you know, once he's done a couple of episodes of the case. Mm -hmm. What did, uh, what'd you think of episode one? I'm so I'm a hardcore uh, true crime listener of audiobooks. I, I used to be a podcast guy, but I've run through them so quick. I, you know, I have my headphones in like eight hours a day at work, so a podcast can't really sustain that. So I'm a hardcore like audiobook, uh, true crime fan, huge into true crime, and I enjoyed it. It's tough because episode one, you know, like yeah, I just want the next one right away. I'm I'm yeah. used to binging it, so I haven't even with the era of like Netflix streaming and everything, I haven't had to wait week for week for a a piece of content and since i guess i mean i guess nfl is kind of like that but mm -hmm. that week wait is tough you know and uh you get that like that nice itch or monday morning and then it's like damn i wish the next one was out so i guess that means i'm definitely enjoying it yeah a lot of work got into so, the case but go ahead yeah we're i think it's a the success of the case obviously uh there's a lot with kirk but i think uh 
I have a little bit of a theory of like back when they did Cullen, right? It's like a big joke episode, but they're kind of to me, Kirk is kind of creatively testing the waters, him and Steve, where it's like, can we make a compelling like sound, you know, uh, narration style piece of content with like the and I remember that episode Cullen was so well produced by Steve with like the sound effects and the voices and, and Kirk like wrote the narration parts perfectly. So I, I kind of trace it back to like them experimenting with everything and then realizing like, well, we could actually do something really cool if we wanted. What did you I don't know how of... you guys feel about that. Um, I, I thought like both the episodes were, I mean, not both the episodes. I think uh, episode one was great. Um, but I was, I was wondering what you thought of, um, Andrew's point, like, like about Kirk stepping like in and out, you know what I mean? Where he's like, where he's like, Hey, like, we know what sounds like shit. Like, cause I feel like that's not something you would, you would get a lot of the time. Yeah. You don't always get that a lot. Um, which definitely sets it apart. And just the fact that, yeah, they're like, Oh, we have, you know, these secret recordings and I try to think of it from the perspective of someone who like hasn't seen the clips of or heard about Kirk and Steve talking about how they're like, um, you know, going into these crazy neighborhoods or Steve's hopping fences and stuff. So um, it's it's definitely like a unique kind of take on the genre. For me, true crime podcast, it's usually around episode three or four where they like really like turn the corner and you're like, oh, fuck, like everything's been turned on its head what's going on now and kirk is right the vast majority of true crime is kind of people like i like sword and scale um the mike boudet podcast so he had on uh, enough about me but that is purely um basically doing news research for you getting uh police recordings and stuff and then just presenting to you uh one case a week you know like an hour and then they move on. It's it's not a ton of investigating. It's more organizing and, and kind of harvesting sound and stuff. So uh, the fact that this true crime podcast has a lot of investigative journalism in it, I don't know if I've heard many like that before. They're mostly the, um, recap style. To try um, try Up and Vanish. You might like that one if you haven't heard it yet. Oh, yeah. No, I, I heard that one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good so, one. So I read, I read uh, today actually on the – there's a fan page on Facebook. I don't know if you're on it or not. Um, I'm not a Facebook guy, but I hear okay. I hear good things about the Facebook group. So basically, what the guy said, I guess I didn't catch it, but I Kirk Minahan basically said that if he works on season two of the case, that he's probably going to take a six week hiatus from doing KMS just to focus on the case. How, how do you like that idea? Could you deal I mean, with I, no I, six, no no Kirk Minahan for six weeks? I know I couldn't. I mean, it, it's definitely going to suck, but, like, if I put myself in his shoes, uh, when you're a creative type of person like he is, like, you have to stay engaged and you have to be interested in what you want to do. Um, so I respect his decision to do that. Obviously, it sucks for us who love hearing him every week, whether it's three or five times a week. But uh, from a creative standpoint, like, I respect that because I think they probably almost bit off a little more than they can chew this time around with like the story developing into multiple murder cases and you know they're doing the trivia show they're doing the other show three days a week so um i totally respect his decision to want to just kind of focus on one thing and make it as good as he can are you amazed that steve by the you talked about trivia are you amazed that steve's performance last week uh i I don't even know if I can say amazed because I knew he had it in him. I've just been waiting, waiting for that moment. 
and uh, it finally came. But it's like he said, you know, when you get questions that are relevant to your knowledge, it helps a lot. Hasn't helped Jared. He hasn't gotten any baseball questions, barely. (laughs) Uh, But that was like one of the proudest days of my year. Uh, Just listening. Before I even heard it, I woke up on Twitter and I just see people going crazy because, you know, I'm three hours behind here. So I think by the time I woke up, it was already out and people were like, oh, just Big Steve having a day. And I've listened to that trivia show like four or five times just with just with absolute Robba fan pride, pure pride. <laughs> Do you have any questions for us? Um, yeah, I got questions for you guys. So you guys, <laughs> one thing I never knew, are you guys live in Rhode Island, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I never oh, knew. Uh, mass. I, I, yeah, I found out through this show that there's just for some reason a huge Portuguese uh, population in Rhode Island. Like, why is that? Um, you guys know? Is there like just, a historical thing? It's just like the way that it fucking I've, happens, dude. It's like the closest place to like the, the Az- like they come from the Azores right over. Like it's a it's mm-hmm. similar well, to like, like the to North their East. home. There's a lot of fishing, a lot of boat industries. You know what I mean? So they just right. they, they emigrated here, New Bedford, Fall River. Like yeah. you know, it's Lowell, just Peabody. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, fu- yeah, yeah, it's funny because like yeah. I said, I grew up in Connecticut, so I've been around New Jersey, Connecticut, New York a lot yeah. growing up, and I. I didn't see it as much there. It seems like they it's just like a mass kind of Rhode Island thing. You guys you guys went down there. Yeah. It's just Jersey, interesting Jersey, to me. Jersey actually Newark, New Jersey has a a big population of uh, Portuguese people as really? well. Yeah. I wouldn't brag about that though. It is Newark. Yeah. <laughs> Montreal has a lot of Portuguese too. No, no not Montreal. Where is it? Where uh, Yeah, Montreal, yeah. Well, Montreal, Quebec, uh yeah. Vancouver has people. It's like weird how they oh, immigrated. That's opposite, yeah. Yeah. So San Francisco, there's part, part, parts of California have a good Portuguese population as well. We so, yeah, see in LA, I live in Los Angeles. We've got like little Brazilian pockets, but I, I haven't yeah. found any like Portuguese Portuguese yeah. pockets. Yeah, like, but uh, is there? Go ahead. Like where you guys live, like here in LA, we have like a little Ethiopia or a little Armenia where there's like a huge Armenian. Po- is it like that? Or do you guys it's, have a little like pocket? Yeah, well. It's watered down now. I would say, yeah, like, if you, as, maybe, like, if like you go, like, say. 10, 20 years ago, but now, you, I now mean, you're hitting, like, third, fourth generation Portuguese, so, like, it's kind of, like, watered down where you kind of, you still have the traditions, but you don't have the, um, you don't have the strong, like, I don't know, like, like bomb, pride. You know what I mean? yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I think, what was it? It was, like, probably, like, 10, 15 years ago, the, the joke was that the longest bridge in America was found, uh, the longest bridge in the world was found uh connecting fall river to the united states the braga bridge so yeah. even that's gone yeah. away with the fall river the, the part um like just area but it's yeah. it's always weird i mean growing up for me because when the town that we grew up in it was either you're portuguese or you're italian there's no in between pretty much yeah yeah, yeah. that's like mostly rhode island though you know what i mean more or less like like different populations in central fall Pawtucket, like providence mm. you know what i mean but like basically yeah. it's all just like you know like, yeah, because there was a big, like, uh, well, I don't want to get into the story, but yeah, I'm just getting bored. Sorry. <laughs> well, no, go ahead. No, no yeah, was... I just found it. Go, yeah, go ahead. I want to hear it. I'm interested in it. No, because there was like, um, like the one of the I like there's these islands in Portugal. It's similar. You could like compare it to like Hawaii. So, so like it's called the Azores, and uh, there was like a volcano show. Like I think I don't know if it was one of the Kennedys. I don't know if it was John Kennedy or something. Like took people took the refugees in so we had this big influx of portuguese people 
come into the country, particularly like Rhode Island and Massachusetts, at that time. And I had a lot of it has to do with one of the Kennedys. I don't know the whole backstory. Yeah, our family came over. That makes sense. Early sixties. Yeah, like our parents, like Buddy and Buddy and and my parents, they. uh, Oh no, seventy. Yeah, they came over when they were young, like six, seven, eight, for a better opportunity. Like, and they did it the right way. It wasn't one of these things where, I don't want to right. get too political. Where we, they just come over now. No, they they did it the right way. They all became American citizens. They they went to the school. So do you guys speak jobs, Portuguese? I do. Yeah. I only speak yeah. enough to get in trouble. Yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. Because yeah, because uh, I'm trying to think. I I know this isn't the islands you're talking about, but I know Nuno, you know, our Wolves manager, he's from an island, but it's like off the coast of Africa. I think it's like a Portuguese colony. Am I wrong about uh, that? Maybe, maybe, is he, is Cape yeah, Verde? Like, yeah, there's Cape a couple. Verde, no, yeah. it's, it's like, um, I'm going to mispronounce it, but it's like Sao Tome, Sao Tome. Oh, yeah. Sa- it's like, uh, Santo Tome. Yeah. Right off at. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So he's yeah, from like there, which is like that's a whole Verde, different part. For sure. That's yeah, yeah, no, that's a, yeah. No, that, yeah, that's yeah. that's that country is Santo Tome Prince. Like it's like a, it's its own thing. You know what I mean? Is it? Okay. Right. Yeah, but they have um and like like they have like another set of islands too, like Madeira. That's like where Ronaldo's from. You know? Yeah. What I mean? So like, so like yeah. is that like how it is? Like you know, Aruba's overseen by like the Netherlands. Is that one of those things then? I think like that's what I learned in Portuguese one when I was fourteen. So I don't know how yeah. different it is. At yeah, I think it's like a I think it's like a USA Costa Rica situation. Maybe you know, like uh, it's Puerto part Rico. of it. I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah Puerto Rico. Rico, not Costa yeah. Rica. Puerto <laughs> Rico. Like, I, I, I said it subtly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. um yeah, but this like it's weird. Like my great 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 grand well, my father, my grandfather's father, like I, he arrived to the Americas, uh, but you know his he got stamped in at California. So how the fuck did he get all the way to the West Coast? Like we were like trying to figure that out. So Damn. that's how my grandfather what a journey. Was able, that's how my grandfather was able to come here, because my my great grandfather was a, was an American citizen. So his kids he did it so his kids could come here if they wanted to for a better opportunity. And that's what my grandfather did. He came over, he so he got his citizenship. My grandmother got her citizenship. My dad was, became naturalized, and you know did it the right way. Yeah, the yeah. My way. my working, my but, dad's a my dad's an immigrant. He got naturalized maybe when I was like thirteen or fourteen. Yeah. So yeah, my dad's British. Yeah, yeah. Study, get assimilated, learn the language, learn about the culture, what the American flag means. Not this bullshit coming over here. I, I can't. Sorry. Bandy is hot. I hear you. <laughs> Tell us how you really uh, feel. <laughs> so are you a Portuguese citizen as well? Do you have dual citizenship? I, I could get it, but no, my dad does. He he, he finally did that. But I, I should. Yes. Yeah, so if, if shit ever hits the fan over here, I can get the fuck out. Yeah. I have my British citizenship, which was great because, awesome, uh, you know, before they left the EU, it's like I could live yeah. and work anywhere in Europe. But now that they left the EU, I don't know if it means as much, but it's still cool yeah. to have. Mm-hmm. I, I got one of my brothers. He lives in London right now. Oh, that's good. Um, and my grandma, who she passed away last summer, but she was 109. Oh, and, wow. Uh, wow. She lived in Wolverhampton. So my dad's from Wolverhampton. That's why I'm a Wolves fan. And like back when she uh, back when we were still in the championship and our manager was like Mick McCarthy, uh, like my dad kind of became friends with him. And when she was like 104, like the, the manager would go over to her house on like, you know, Wednesdays and she would like give him her notes like you guys need to be doing this like you guys need to be doing that it was like just it's just a cool like little town atmosphere but um definitely a shithole definitely a shithole that's what i look forward to once this pandemic's over i i I need to travel there and i need to experience watching football there 
Oh yeah, I went uh, when we got promoted. I we had already secured automatic promotion, but I went to like the last game of the season where they had the celebration, and it was just like uh, like I flew it. We flew in on like a Friday and left on like a Sunday, but we just had to go to the game and because uh, my 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 grandfather he he's been dead for a long time, but he was like a season ticket holder for like forty five years or something. So just that history of and actually before so like my old Twitter account before. You know anything Minifan even existed is when we were in the championship our last year, and like there was a thing called uh, Wolves TV where in America you could buy like ten dollars a game and they would stream the game just single camera, no commentary. Um, but if you lived in England, they wouldn't let you buy it because of like TV rights or whatever. So I would buy the game and then on my Twitter account, I would sh like record my phone, recording my laptop screen and I would stream the games and I would get like up to 10,000 live viewers of Wolves fans like watching the game and like every week people would be like, you got to be streaming this game for me. You got to be streaming. So I had like this account that had like. I think like five or six thousand followers just because I would stream the Wolves <laughs> games for everyone back in England. And so when I went over to the game, I had a bunch of people like hitting me up like, you oh, you got to come over to my bar. You know, you got to come over here. We got to meet you. Like, thank you so much for streaming that season for us. So it, just like uh, it's like a weird little funny thing. Andrew. Yeah, Andrew. I mean. I mean, I guess I, my last question for you is, have you read any good Huffington Post articles lately? I was, I was you took the words out of my mouth. I was going to save that for my last question. I got to hear the story from the top. I got to hear it from the top, you know? <laughs> Past my bedtime, we should wrap it up. No. Yeah. It's been out there enough. Yeah. I, yeah. I, buddy can edit this out. I'm just curious. I'm uh, I get into this shit. Buddy, you can edit it out if it's not interesting. I don't mind. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. So you, you have your brother in London right now. Uh, what's, mm -hmm. what's, it, what's it been like for him out there being isolated and stuff? Oh, dude, London is still totally closed. Uh, he just had a baby like a month ago. Oh, and right. the, it's like we were early pandemic. Like they went back to the only thing open is grocery stores, like no takeout, no nothing. So everything is totally oh, shut down shit. there. So he, he's fucking miserable. I think he's going to come over here uh, in June and just kind of stay over here as long as he can because it's, it's pretty rough over there right now. Yeah. Matsuyama just won the Masters, if anybody cares. All right. Yeah. 7.05. I mean, good recovery after 15, so good for him. Yeah. Right. I, I don't have anything hey, else. Uh, that, I'm embarrassed to say. That, uh, in that Man United, that son disallowed goal or the Dude, goal where he went what down. What What the f I'm that so frustrated with soccer right now just because, like, be, I hate to be the guy that's like, VAR is ruining it, but yeah. I can't even should... celebrate a goal anymore. No, it should I can't be even celebrate offsides a goal are anymore. fucking goals. No fouls. Yeah, yeah and, like, what? And what it should is... be for, for blatant offsides. Blatant, yeah. like, blatant. And not a fingertip. Because the Wolves had one in Fulham where it was, like, the, a fraction of an elbow offside. Yeah. It's like, come it has to be on. Like a or goal line, or just yeah. implement the goal line technology. So if the ball does go over the fucking line, like it Dude. did for Ronaldo they, in that game, uh, it's yeah. like, come on, you have the goal line technology. The, the ball clearly went over the fucking line. The referee missed it. The, the technology is there. Use it. The VAR, though, it, just like does. with anything, it, it, it ties your hands. 
yeah, I, referees. Yeah, so it's, it's so dumb to make the call. Yeah, and like the, like that's what happened, I guess, is that so VAR says to look at it. So he so the ref goes over to look at it, and then he's like, now it's in his head that something's wrong. But that's not a foul. Like right. the ref has to use his head to say that's not a foul. Like that's something that happens. Yeah, that happens on a soccer field, and it's obvious. Son's being like a fucking dick, mm-hmm. dude. Like like he's ob- like we know what he's like, whatever he's doing. What he's doing, everybody does that. That's fine. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm complaining about. But like, it's obvious he didn't foul him. If, I don't. If, I don't know. Second yeah. half FC though. That's all that matters. Yeah, but if you if you yeah. you gonna use if you're gonna use something like VAR, do it like the Australian league does it. Totally. Do it like XFL totally. did it. Totally. Where you're, you, if you're the viewer at home anyway, you can hear the thought process, what they're going through. Hey, I need yep. you to look at this. This is what's going on. Talk it through it so people know. Then you won't have that backlash either. Well, yeah, and I, it's even worse for, like, people in the stadium. I mean, it doesn't matter now because there's no fans. But, like, when yeah. you're in the stadium, they're not showing yeah. replays or, like, yeah. ex- you're, like, celebrating a goal. And then the next thing you know, they're, like, taking a goal kick. You're, like, wait, what the fuck just happened? Yes. So but lame. it's I, – I hate to be the guy that's, like, oh, VAR is ruining the game. But I, And I'm a diehard sports fan. I love football. I love soccer. But it's it's – Watching these past few months, this last year just hasn't quite been the same with everything yeah, I think going it's the on. Fans. Like, Even with like wrestling and stuff, it's like without the fans, it's different. Yeah, yeah it's something different about yeah. it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I don't have anything else. But shout out to Chibi Chop who was at WrestleMania yesterday. Ah. I don't think oh, he wow. listens, but it doesn't matter. But I saw him there. That's pretty cool. The sheriff. That's <laughs> what they call him. <laughs> I didn't know that until uh, Rigels came on. He was like, yeah, that's a sheriff. I was like, oh, shit. I, was like, I apologize. Yeah, him and Tim have a very special relationship. You guys got anything else? No. Thank you no, so I'm much good. for coming out with us, brother. Yeah, it was good. It was good to talk to you guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks. Uh, we, can, we, we can talk BPL at, well, whenever. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, we got to. We got to. I know. We got to revive that group chat. Yeah, yeah we got to get it back going. on Champions League this week, too, right? Again. Uh, I think it? at least Europa, like at least, I know United has that, so it must be Champions League too. The second legs. Yeah. yeah, I think the second legs is this week. I think. All right, everybody, tune yeah. into those, and we're out. Of here. <laughs>